Kids these days. I am Tara, sitting here with my good friend. Hi, I'm Rachel. Yes, this is Rachel. And Rachel, yes. what are you doing this weekend? What are you up to? Oh gosh. Well, when you have kids, mm-hmm. basically your weekend is birthday parties. Oh my gosh. And sports. So got a birthday party. Yep. Of course, haven't bought a gift yet. Got to figure out a toy. Yeah. Oh, so Ugh. you're going with the toy. Toy. No, no clothes. No kids clothes. Don't like clothes. So oh. I know that little. I guess. I, it's so hard to find yeah. a toy. Do you have any ideas? Mm. I don't know what kids. What, what kids did What do did these you days? play with? What toys were fun? When, when I was were a kid? kid, okay, let's see. I mean, you had the traditional Barbie. I was into Barbies when I was a kid. Barbies, and, yes. You know, she's still around. Yeah. But my favorite like activity, because I feel like activity games are what kids are into now. You know, they have those hoverboards or whatever. The right, hoverboard of exploded. my time yeah. was the Skip It. Skip It. Do you remember Skip It's? Barely. What is it? It's like, it's weird. It's this thing. It's basically a ball on a stick. (laughs) It sounds like it's so ancient, but it's not. It's this ball on a stick that's got a hoop at the other end of the stick, and you put it around your ankle, and you, like, swing it around, and you skip with the other foot. It has a counter on it, and it sees how many you could go without stopping. Sounds like a neck breaker, don't mean. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a. It's definitely a hazard. That might, maybe they discontinued it for that reason. Yeah, it hurt kids, but I think I probably twisted my ankle here and there, but nothing too serious. But it was so fun. I love okay, my skip I'll, it. Okay, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> or not. See if you can find a vintage skip it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it's hard to find toys because it seems like kids these days oh, are all about. I like what you did there. <laughs> uh, like how I inserted that. Are all about apps and yeah technology and so that, that's, that's hard um, yeah that's true and speaking of apps that's so funny that you bring that up because our word for the week is actually an app word for the week yes our word for the what week. what is our word for the week I actually i'm really excited about this word for the week because i literally just learned about it today like <laughs> earlier today is when i heard about it i was like that has to be our word for the week because i am learning about it so clearly, maybe a lot of you parents out there don't know about it either. So we're going to learn about it together. But mm-hmm. it's called, the app is called Musical.ly. Musical.ly, yes. yes. And it's, so it's spelled musical dot L-Y. So it's musically the word, but there's a dot in there. And the app is basically, from what I understand, kind of like Instagram mixed in with, if you've heard of it, Dub Smash, which I'll explain quickly. So it's a social media like site it's an app social media app where kids can interact with each other uh but it's a lot like dub smash in the way that dub smash is basically like you lip sync over a very popular song or a sound bite from a movie or Mm -hmm. something and it is just fun kids think it's really funny because you're lip syncing it and it and it looks very real and they put they insert the sound bite over your lip sync yeah so musically is just that but it's social media so you can share it. You can People like can like it. it. Right. And so you can make your account private to where the only people that can see it are your friends. But also you can make it public to where anyone can see it. So there's some, you know, there's some things to be at least cautious about there. Right. Um, well, and my understanding is 
that the app is popular in elementary. Oh ages. yeah, that's so, right. So you know that musically. Third, You've heard of it. Second, third, fourth graders yep. are getting into that's it. That's exactly and right. It's kind of maybe maybe it's the new up and coming for the elementary age. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah. No, you're right. I I haven't, and that's funny because I hadn't heard of it amongst high school or middle school kids much. But apparently it's super huge in older elementary kids, yeah. third, fourth, fifth graders, on their iPads and if they have phones on their smartphones. So. Yeah, and it can, you know, even the problem with it, as there's always a dark side, right? is that kids can like it. Kids can – there's a bully element that can happen yeah. on it and that kind of thing. So yep. it's not necessarily a bad app, but it's a monitor app. Yep, it is sure. a monitor app for sure. So – just so you're aware, musically, it can be very fun, I think. I mean, kids love to do that. But, I mean, it can also probably be inappropriate. There's probably some inappropriate content out there. Yeah, um, I think definitely. You can find it everywhere, so that's something to be aware of. But um, but there you go, musically. You go. Now you know. All right. Well, today what we're focusing on, you know, last episode we talked about spiritual parenting, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to focus just on parenting style. Okay. There's so much, there's so many different, if you, when you go on and read mommy blogs and that kind of thing, you probably yeah, don't I've do heard that of mommy much. blogs. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's talking about, are you a helicopter parent? Are you a free range parent? Do you over parent? Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Yep. So I am bringing today... A new parenting style. I think it's really going to take off. Oh, I'm so excited. Tell it's, us about it. It's Elephant Parenting. Ella what? Elephant Parenting. What's an Elephant? Okay, well, what is Elephant? Speaking of toys and games, okay. there is Great. this awesome preschool game. It's called Elephant, and it's the shape of an elephant in his trunk, and you... There's a fan down at the bottom. Okay. And you put. Um, oh, I've seen this. Yeah, you put butterflies yeah. down the trunk. Okay, I see. Like it, and it blows. The and it little blows blood the butterflies, butterflies out. up out of the trunk. And you catch them in the net, right? Right. Oh, that's so fun. I've and seen it, it uses batteries. Basically, you have to replace batteries every other minute. <laughs> and of course, it's like twenty triple E yeah, they, or whatever. They're not even right. They're not even. Yeah, like they're expensive. The it's it's about fifty dollars per time you play, but <laughs> in battery costs. But it's so fun. Yeah, I but fun. I want to explain why I. Yeah, how think does this have anything to do with parenting? <laughs> parenting? I'm really excited to hear how you're going to compare you know, these. <laughs> bad things happen when I wake up in the middle of the night and start thinking. <laughs> so the idea would be that with our kids, we are. The fans on the bottom, blowing them up, lifting them up, uh-huh. like the butterflies that come out of the elephant's trunk. Okay, I see that. And so the butterflies shoot out of the trunk. We're in our parenting style, lifting them up. And then what happens is the butterflies, if they start, they do start to fall because of gravity. Okay, that's a slight breakdown in the <laughs> theory. But when the butterflies fall, there's a safety net to catch them. Oh. And so it's this idea that we're constantly trying to move our kids up and out and grow up, but we have a safety net. Gotcha. So rather than kind of you think of the helicopter being hovering, this is actually working the other way. It's to like flipping it upside flipping down. Flipping it upside almost. down. Right, right. You're not, Do you get you're not it? like, yeah, so you're not like, you're not overbearing on your kids. Like a helicopter is kind of like towards the ground and everything underneath it is like blowing like right. down, you're an elephant. You're an that's, elephant. That's like 
hap- like happily pushing, pushing your kids them. up, and you're like, "Yay, go have do this, experience life." But at this, but you're there to catch them when they fall. Exactly. Okay, I love it. That's awesome. So anyway, so I thought maybe we just talk a little bit today about what does that look like? Yeah, what does it mean to be an elephant? What parent? does it mean to be an elephant parent? So the first thing I wanted to say that I found is. And this seems a little weird, maybe, but mm-hmm. it's giving your kids the gift of failure. Ooh, that's I, good. <laughs> I think that, I like that, you know, as parents, we so, we just, you know, we know what failure feels like. We didn't, it was right. never pleasant, mm-hmm. but it's important. Right. And sometimes kids have to fail to learn. And so, I don't know, did you ever fail in anything, oh, Tara? Yes. Can you think of, like, a specific something that I can. you just bombed? I'm going to get pretty pretty vulnerable here. Actually, it's, a, it's really interesting that you bring up the gift of failure because last year I was asked, and it was really, it was super humbling, but I was asked to um, give the commencement speech at my old high school. Wow. And, yeah, it was a really cool experience for me. And the, actually the first point, I had three points and I said, I wish I would have known this. That was kind of the theme of the speech was, I wish I would have known this when I was graduating high school. And my first one was, I wish I knew that failure could be a good thing. Like mm. that failure was going to be something that was going to help me grow. Yeah. And the example I used was in college. You know, I was a, I was a almost straight A student all through high school. I was in the National Honor Society. Grades were important to me. I wouldn't say I was a genius, but I wasn't, you know, I cared about my grades. And when I got to college, I was so caught up with having fun and and being with all my friends. And I still cared about school and learning. But uh, there was this one class I took, and I failed it. It was the first time I'd ever failed a class. It was devastating. I had to change my summer plans, uh, and I couldn't go to camp that summer and be a counselor. It was just devastating. And I and I and when I found out my grade wasn't very good, I started working really hard to change the outcome of my grade, and I still failed. Yeah. And that was so important, though, for me. And it was so monumental in shaping who I am now. Um, I needed that failure to learn some good life lessons and also know that, you know, God works it out at the yeah. end. So that was that's my failure story. But no, I love it because failure is great. I know. I got <laughs> Got real raw there. Actual failure story. Like it, I actually failed. Like I got an F. (laughs) So that there you go. I was literal with it as well. (laughs) It's a good failure story. Yes. Well, I think that's really important. And you know what? The thing is, it's it's so good to let our kids fail while we're still there Mm. for a safety net. You know, so it's not. It doesn't have to be this traumatic thing, but they can learn and grow from it. And it can be little things like. You know, a kid forgets their homework, mm. and you could go. You take could it go to them. take it to them, right? Or you could let them just fail that assignment, mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing. They probably weren't not going to forget their homework the next time. That's true. So it's giving them some consequence and helping them understand that, you know, sometimes. You're not going to be the best at something, yeah. and that's okay. That's a growing moment, and yep. a lot of times that's going to propel them to do better the next time. They it's learn. almost what I've found in my life is failure becomes such a drive for me to do better the next time. Absolutely, and so it's really a way to help kids improve and grow. Yeah. So, fail the gift of failure is a great way, I think, to be an elephant parent. Yep. Another thing 
that I think is really important that we've gotten away from is helping our kids have just skills for life. Mm. That's kind of a basic thing that, you know, when we talk about how kids aren't growing up and they're still, you know. Like kind of like delayed Delayed adolescence, right. And I think part of that is we just haven't given them tools to have skills for life. Okay. Little, you know, money management skills. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Okay, that's great. And I think that um, that's just a really important piece because we have kids that are so busy. We're doing, you know, we're doing soccer. We're doing piano. We're doing all these great things. Right. And sometimes in the mix of that, just basic life skills like doing the laundry, Mm -hmm. going to the bank, all the things you need. Think about when you went to college. Yep. Those were the skills you needed, right? Yeah, absolutely. And. Now that you're saying all of this, I'm taking I'm taking notes for later <laughs> when I have kids because my I have a temptation to want to be efficient as efficient as possible. Right. And sometimes I just know I could just see having all of the things I have to do in a day that include my kids and wanting to just get them done the best and fastest way possible. But that sometimes is a sacrifice. You have to sacrifice that. Right. So you're teaching to teach your kids stuff. Like I could easily just do the laundry. But helping kids know how to do the laundry is going to help them later in life. And it, it might be a, a sacrifice of time, but, yeah. I mean, is that kind of what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. The, when I ask my kids to fold the laundry, I know it's just going to be kind of cruddy. Yeah. <laughs> they are <laughs> not going to fold the fitted sheets well. <laughs> right. Those fitted sheets. Aren't they so hard? I, you, no one knows. I do uh, not know. I have never learned how to fold a fitted sheet. I think sheet. I, I'm going to become a millionaire when I can figure out how, how to, to do fold that. a fitted sheet. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> you're right. I think you have to get over the, the efficiency piece is a big part of it. You're like, I want to go to bed. I don't want to have to. I just want to get this done. Mm-hmm. But having your kids take responsibility and do some skills. And when I do that, I, it's almost I see my kids' confidence just build right there. Right. I can just watch it happen. So the skills for life, that's a big deal. Agreed. I think the other, another really important one is self-advocacy. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, being able to communicate with adults, being able to ask for things. Like, this is a perfect example. The other day, my daughter brought home, she's eight, and she brought home a paper and the teacher had graded it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, and you know, my first inclination was, "You need to call oh, the I'm teacher, email the teacher, email the and teacher, tell yeah. her she did this wrong." And I thought, "Nope." I stopped myself, and I said, "I'm not going to do that." I, I said to her, "I said, you know what? This is graded wrong. Why don't you take it back and show your teacher and talk to her about it?" And that gave her an opportunity to have some self advocacy. And it wasn't a big, important grade, right? You know, if it fell through the cracks, it fell through the cracks. But it was a way for her to go and advocate for herself. For herself. Or my son um, has, you know, medical issues, and so when we go to the doctor, I try to include him in the process. Right. And it's anything like that to really start to move it to where they're speaking for themselves and making decisions for themselves within that safety within those net. Safe, yeah, those safe boundaries. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And you're, but you're teaching your kids also how to protect themselves in right. that way as well, um, to speak up for, you know, their own well-being. And that's that's really important. Is, yeah. Is well, and in, I think in college and things like that, yeah. that can be very – that's a very important skill. Yeah. I, no, I, com- I agree with that completely. You know, Rachel, I have a question about – 
something I've seen with my middle school students and high school students, um, a lot of times, and there's exceptions to this rule, of course, but a lot of times I feel like I see kids not having a very good awareness of what's going on around them and in the world. It's a very, it's almost like they have blinders on and they can only see what's right in front of them as far as their school is important and their sports team is important. And, you know, there's just not a lot of, there's not a lot of self-awareness and there's not a lot of awareness of what's, what, how other people are feeling or what's going on around them. Yeah. I think awareness of others is a key thing to teach your kids. Mm -hmm. Now, some of that's developmental, you know, that kids are just kind of a little more egocentric. That's yeah, that's, that's a natural. True. But in some ways, I think our family structures feed that. Hmm. You know, you, you bring a baby home from the hospital, and they're totally dependent on you. And the family, as it should for a while, focuses totally on that child. And, and sometimes I think it's hard for parents to make that switch as they're getting older. Okay. It's hard for them to say, okay, now we need to help the child understand they're not the only one in the family. You know, other people have other needs in the family and awareness of other things that are happening around them. Mom and dad have things going on too. Yes, mom and dad. Brother and sister have things going on. Okay. Which is one thing why I keep saying date nights are so important for couples because one thing it does is teach the kids that life does not always revolve around them. And that's an important thing for them to know. That's true. And just to work with your kids and awareness of others. And there's so many ways that you can do that. I think service is a great way to mm-hmm. do that. Exposure to um, different people, different cultures, cultures yep. all that kind of stuff. And, and dialogue and talking about it. But helping kids understand that there is stuff outside of their world yeah. and that they have some responsibilities to other people and their college roommate will love you for that. You know? <laughs> that is just so true. It yeah. So true. It's, it's preparing them to be out in the world different and that's going to benefit them in their work life. Mm-hmm. You know, when they get in their married, relationships, in their yeah. relationships and their friendships that, you know, we say the phrase a lot at my house, it's not all about you. Mm. And that's an awareness of others that is so important. And I think because we kids have so many things going on, you can kind of just, they can just be involved in their stuff. Yeah. And trying to find some ways where they're aware of other people, they have to sacrifice for the good of other people mm-hmm. is, is a really good thing to do. Parenting, yeah, that's great. What else? What else do you think is good for the elephant parent to know? Well, you know, we've talked about this in some different ways, but I think healthy communication, yeah, and that goes back a little bit to self advocacy, a little bit to awareness of other, but being able to have um, healthy communication in your family, and that's kind of a top bigger topic for another day. Right. But that's a piece, that's a skill that your kids need to be able to, you know, communicate with adults, communicate with um, teachers, all those things. So communication is another piece, but I think that... (laughs) No, yeah, that's maybe for another day, but I think it's good. I mean, at the base, at the base level, just helping kids learn how to talk about their emotions and about how they feel. I think maybe that's kind of where you're getting, right? Yeah, getting to just having an emotional intelligence and how to communicate that. Yeah, Um, that's great. 
So I'm not, you know, saying elephant parenting is at the exclusion of any other <laughs> parenting You should style. be elephant parenting. You may no, choose. It's not. Yeah. I just hope that you can take the takeaway is, you know, we're called to help our kids grow up. Yeah. And we're we're there. That's part of our role as parents. And sometimes you get so caught up in the day-to-day that you forget that is the goal, that they, it is to help them Grow up. be men and women mm. that are um, contributing kind parts of our society. And so that that has to be the goal. And right. sometimes I think it when you get in the, the fatigue of parenting, the programming of parenting, everything that you're doing, it's hard to see that the end goal is that. And so it's looking at, how are you parenting to build up and create a young man or woman? That's why I think elephant parenting is the best style. I love that. Elephant parenting. Yeah. Great. Well, Rachel, thank you for telling us about this new parenting fad that's just going to take <laughs> it's gonna off It's going to take off. Elephant parenting. It started here, y'all. That's where – just know that. It started here. It started here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Kids These Days. And, Rachel, thank you for – talking to us about parenting styles and giving us some good thoughts about that. Yep. So we'll see you next time. Thanks see so you much. See you next time. Bye.